Praise God. I'm glad you guys were able to tune in. If you like FCC, click like and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook. And I want to challenge you to uh, send this to somebody. Also, this is fertile ground here. Consider planting a seed. Visit us at uh, our Facebook page. God bless. And I'd just like to read this word. I want to open with this word found in Hebrews 12. And uh, it's one and two. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything, say everything, that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run mm, with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before us, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Father God, I pray it's your words that are spoken today and not my own, that you would prepare all of our minds and hearts to receive your word. We ask and pray all these things according to your will and according to your name, we pray. In Jesus' my name, amen. Amen. God bless you as you're seated. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you look good today. Yep. I'm not asking you to lie, but find something. Ah, just messing with y'all. Don't, don't, don't hate on me. I'm excited today. You know, uh, what... I've been hearing testimonies and seeing prayer requests. There's a lot of stuff going on in people's lives. There are challenges and, and, and things happening. There's cars breaking down. There's bills that are due. But we heard of a testimony this morning that when you're faithful to God. I said when you're faithful to God. See, I love when he said I had them few measly dollars crinkled up in my pocket. I just preached about that. You know, you had that five you've been holding on to for five weeks and three days and 22 hours. You've been holding on to that just in case. Just in case what? There's people all around you need that. I'm not saying you got to do it all the time, but as the Spirit leads, sometimes you got to sow that seed as the Spirit leads, right? Because God could do more with that crusty five in your pocket or that one. Then what you can do, saving and trying to keep track of it and fretting and worrying about it. Where did I put it? Where is it at? It's looking a little kind of sketchy. I got to iron it. I got to do some things. I got to press it. Whatever it is, you're, you're, all that time and attention is on that little bit. God's more than enough. Not a God of a little bit. But see, we've got to walk in faith. Faith. Faith in who he is what he said he'll do, all we got to do is walk by faith, not by sight. We can't look at the problems, the situations, or circumstances. We got to keep our eyes on God, the author and finisher of our faith. It's all about the faith. Give him a hand clap. Today, we're going to talk about hitting the mark. I'm excited for this. There's going to be times I'm going to do some illustrations. You see, I got some, some bows and, and some things up here as props and illustrations. Some, you know, you might be like, what is Pastor doing? He done lost his mind. It's, it's, it's bow season, and, and I've been hearing about guys practicing and, and, and getting their skills right. And I said, practicing, because they want to hit the mark. 
See, you can't just go to, to the heart, to the Dunham's or, or to the Dick's Sporting Goods and just buy a bow and some arrows and think you're just going to walk out there and you're just going to hit the mark. All right, now listen to me. You think you're just going to say the sinner's prayer and then you're going to come up here and preach? Huh? You're just going to say, you're going to open the Bible and say, uh, make me an elder? Make me a deacon? Oh, come on now. It just got quiet up in here. When you aim at nothing, you're going to be sure to hit it. Every single time. I, I want to express this, the love that I have in my heart for you guys. And, and express this, that I want the best for all of you in all situations, in your job, in your marriage, in, in your call, in your career, in your ministry. I want the best that God has for you. And the principles I'm going to teach you today can apply to all those things. But what I want to emphasize on today is how it affects your spiritual maturity. Because some of you might take offense, and I don't mean to offend anyone because I love you. I want to encourage you. See, I'm, I'm charged with the duty to teach the whole Bible rightly divided. And when, when uh, I was just looking it up, the Lord uh, put it on my heart while I was, I was worshiping. He, he was, uh, Paul is talking to his protege, Timothy. He says, preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with long-suffering and doctrine. I want to break this down for you real quick. See, a lot of us only want the encouragement part. Tell me how good I am, Pastor. Tell me how blessed I am. But see, when I see you step off course, and I'm like, oh, you're slipping a little bit. You got to get back on course. You don't want that. See, when you don't want that, you're telling me you don't want a real preacher. Because this is what Paul is telling Timothy. He says, be real. Be ready in season and out. He says, reprove, rebuke, and exhort. Come on, somebody. It does say long-suffering because I, I got to be patient. Because I can't expect a, a, a freshman player to perform at a varsity level. I can't expect that. So I got to help them get to that place where they can. And it says... With long-suffering and with doctrine. Oh, we got to be careful. We got to know how to study the scripture. We got to know how to rightly divide it. We got to know what, how it is to exergete the scripture. That's a word. How, what hermeneutics is. What trajectory hermeneutics and how people will try to grab one verse and get a whole doctrine out of it. When the rest of the Bible don't prove it. That's a, that's a wolf's and sheep's clothing. Be careful. Now, if they're open to receive correction, I'm like, oh, you're right. I didn't see that. I, okay, then we're going to give grace and long-suffering and walk with them hand in hand. But here's the thing. This is, why, this is why you want me to be that coach, that pastor, that mentor. Because you don't want someone, me, to allow or appoint someone to teach your children wrong doctrine. You want me to have them in there teaching something as crazy as eternal salvation? When we all know we backslid, some of us, this week? 
If had Jesus come, we would have, it would have been scary. Huh? I see some of you smiling because you know I was there. I have some tough weeks myself. I can't have them up there teaching you, teaching whatever. We got to know what it is and understand and be in agreement. Now, if you, if you believe that doctrine, I can show you. Just read, boy, oh boy, John 15. And he talks about the vine and the branches, those who don't produce fruit. He cuts them. He throws them away. He puts them in the fire. Where's your eternal salvation then? If the master cut it, threw it away. They'll argue, oh, nothing can separate me from the love of God, except you walking away. You were in his arms and he said, you know what? Oh, she looks fine over here, or he looks good, or this job is, is nice paying, but it's on Sundays and I can't go to worship, but I got that fat check. Mm, wait a minute. Huh? You don't think the devil can bless too? You don't think he can put some golden handcuffs on you? See, we got to be rightly dividing the word. We got to get into it. We got to know. And part of that is to, to get a mind that is, uh, that we get rid of the distractions. When we break down this verse in Hebrews 12, it tells us some great things. Throw off everything that hinders. You know what hinders you. You know what distracts you. I'm telling you now, if you already know it, get rid of it. Bible says if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. I'm not telling you to maim yourself or do anything like that. It says if your eye causes you to sin, God's up. But this is what I'm saying. Listen, I'm going to try to speak in broad generality so nobody thinks, well, Bob said it's on the pastor. Now he's preaching about it. No, that's not the case. If your Xbox is causing you to have more time on that than your Bible time and prayer time, sell that thing. Get rid of it. Sow that seed in ministry. Or pay a bill that you know you need to pay instead of paying for another game. If that thing, that periodical, that magazine, that newspaper, that thing is causing you to question things or causing you to be distracted, get rid of that subscription. Throw that away. Get it gone. Throw off the things that so easily entangle you and the, the, the sin that so easily entangles you. Not every distraction is a sin, but if it becomes a distraction too long, it might start to be. Are you with me? I'm not saying it's a sin to play the Xbox. I'm not, sin, I'm not saying it's a sin to read that book. But if it leads you astray... If it becomes more important than the word of God or the time of God. I'm not saying that job is bad if you got to work an occasional day on a Sunday. But if it's taken all the time, maybe that's not the best God has for you. You got to give up good for great. It tells us to run. Not to walk, but to run. See, some of us aren't even hardly walking. We're shuffling our feet. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I love Jesus. You know, me and him are good. Real casual, real cool life. Well, when I read the story about the parable, the, the, the parable about the son who came back, it said that his dad ran to him. See, God is about urgency. He's about getting to the business. He's about doing his work. Now, we can be casual and cool in our approach to people because we don't want to freak people out. Let me talk about Jesus. Whoa, back up, Jack. Hold on, hold on. However, the urgency 
the desire to speak to them. Like, ooh, Jesus, help set me up. Tell me how many. How can I do it? I don't know. I'll catch you tomorrow because the opportunity was there. We got to be about his business. We got to be running with perseverance the race marked out for us, the, the path. Now, here's the other thing we got to be running. But also, when you're running, when you're in track, you see them guys that get on the track, they're like, got the routines and they get on the line you gotta stay in your lane you can't run my race i can't run your race we gotta stay in your you gotta stay in our lane i'm just gonna leave that one there let that simmer for a minute see you can't be all things to all people We got to run, not walk, but we also got to stay in our lane, right? The disciples couldn't be Jesus, and Jesus couldn't be the disciples. And then the crowds that surrounded him wanted a piece of Jesus, wanted to be part of that, but they couldn't be one of the 12. They just couldn't. Now he also appointed 72. So he had the three within the 12, and then he had the 72, but then there was all the others. See, we can't be someone else. We can't run their race. We can't have their ministry. And matter of fact, you probably don't want it. You don't want to run my race because then you got to put up with you. <laughs> Smile at me. Jonathan's laughing. You know what I'm talking about. We, we can joke. Marcus, you know what I'm talking about? I didn't want to put up with me. I was gracious enough to have a pastor, and, and I got my, uh, my mother-in-law and my niece here with me. This is my first lady, my, my pastor's wife growing up, and she poured into our life. If you would just give her honor and respect, because without her, I wouldn't be here today. The Bible says we've got to give honor where honor is due. Some of you don't like to do that. It's okay. That's, that's Satan. That's the pride and ego in your life. Throw off the things that hinder you. It says, be a joy to pastors so that it may go well with you. That's found in Hebrews. So that it may go well with you. If you want things to go well with you, be a joy to pastor. Ask yourself, are you a joy to pastor? You hear all the giggling? Because you know or you've heard I don't know if I believe what pastor's saying. I don't know if I like that stuff. I don't know about this. Well, this is what I know. God called me here for such a time as this, being who I am, with the skill set that I have, with the mentality that I have, the coaching and preaching ability that I have. I can't be anyone else, but I can be me. Now, here's the beautiful thing. You're here for us to partner together. See, I'm not here to do it by myself. I'm here to partner with my family of God, and together we can reach this community and beyond if we work with one mind, one accord, for the honor and glory of the Lord. Amen? Praise God. Give him a hand clap. The last thing that it says in this verse is to focus on Jesus. He's the goal. I'm reminded of uh, Paul. Paul just pours into Timothy. If you want to know how to be a, a righteous person in God and you want to see a mentor-mentee relationship, you see Paul pointing to Timothy. He also does it with Titus. But in 
2 Timothy 4, 7, he says, this is Paul talking at the end of his life. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Here's the thing. Our walk, our life, is talked about in a couple ways. A fight and a race. Wow. I don't, I've been, I recently, I started running. I don't know what got a hold of me. I want to work on my cardio. I was walking up some steps. I got to the top of the steps. So I don't know where I was. I was windy. I was like, oh, no, can't have this. I'm at the top of the steps. Who built that many steps in a row? There should be a code against that. This. So I was like, okay. A couple things I did. I went to somebody. If you got a move up goal, that's moving up for me. Get moving again. My, my goal in life is keep my feet moving, keep breathing. You know. When you have a move up goal, get someone to hold you accountable. Have someone to help you. So I said to Pastor Carl, all right, I'm giving you permission to hold me accountable and ask me how my uh, cardio working out has been doing. Oh, he was sure to jump on it. <laughs> how you doing, Pastor? I'm like, oh, man. And I was doing some stuff, but I was, there was no way I could prove it to him. So I'm, at, I'm over here at the Planet Fitness. Lord Jesus, help me. And I'm running on the treadmill. And this was, this was painful. I'm telling you, they say it's supposed to be good for you. So I'm on that thing, and now I know why they got all those uh, spray bottles and the napkins out there, because I'm running, and it was, it was sad. I'm telling you, it was, Jonathan, it was ugly. I'm, I got my ugly face on. I'm running, sweats flying all over the place, and I'm trying to keep the pace. At one point, and I'm, this is just a mile. I'm not even to a mile yet. I'm running, I grabbed a hold of that thing. I used to mock people. I'd walk, I'd be like, look at them, they're holding on to it, like. Until I got past halfway. And I'm like, who took the fan? You get out of the way of my air. The people next to me stop breathing. I need this oxygen. I'm running. I'm sprinkling the place. It was like a fire suppression system went off. Like, And I'm running. I'm grabbing a hold of that thing. And I'm going. I'm trying my best. I'm just, just breathing. I started talking to myself. I was quoting scripture on the treadmill. I could do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Woo! Praise you, Jesus. And I'm running. I'm like, don't stop. Don't quit. Keep moving. Keep moving. And I'm just watching, watching. I'm like, oh, come on, Mile. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And all I can think of is I don't want to fall and embarrass myself where it shoots you out the back in the middle of the aisle. I'm just like, Lord Jesus, help me. And all this pain, all this toil, all this stuff, because I believe that it's going to help me in the end. And I'm thinking, oh, there's got to be a better way. But here's the thing. In life, and in health, there's no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts. You, you got to put the time in. You got to put in the effort. And that day, I don't know, I, I finished at 12-something, almost 13 minutes. But over time, right now, I got it down to just below, uh, on, on days that I got a good nap in, I got it down below uh, uh, 10 minutes, 9-something. But, and I'm still going to keep working at it. it. It's gotten a little bit easier because I'm doing long-suffering. Because I'm doing endurance. Because I'm keeping on, keeping on. And I imagine at some point I'll be able to get that time better. And I've already started to go a little bit further. It was a mile, now I'm doing a mile and a half. I know it doesn't sound like a lot to a lot of you, but at, at mid-40s, I'm like, whoo. And just getting off the couch, that's a lot. 
But I believe a couple things. This, it's my body, but it's his temple. I got to keep, I got to keep good care of it. I'd be a good steward of it. I don't want to let it go fall to pieces and then pray for a miracle at the end. Like, Lord, heal me. You know, I got my part of it that I've got to do. So what we see here in these scriptures is that it's related to a run and it's related to a fight. I've I've done both. I talked to you about my treadmill experiences, but I've had some times in the ring where you get punched in the face and your nose, you, you know, have you ever had a double black eye? Somebody punch you straight in the nose. You get, both of them turn black. You're like, what happened? Or if you fell and hit your face or something like that, you get double black eye. And I had to go to work or go tell the, you know, Bishop Spivey, I, I was ministry hurt sometimes. Because I was doing it to, uh, we had a gym and we were taking kids off the street and teaching them to box. And sometimes I didn't do the best in the ring because I didn't slip. I didn't roll. I didn't do something I had to do that I hadn't, maybe my timing was off because I wasn't in the gym. Your Christian walk is, is similar. There's a rhythm. There's timing. There, there's a season that you, that you can push and some that you've got to receive. There's a time when the Lord wakes you up at 3 in the morning and it's time to go pray. It doesn't feel good. It's like halfway through that mile. You don't want to. Your bed feels good. You don't want to go pray, Lord. But then you want to see miracles happen. Right? We, Jesus said, do what I did. Paul said, do it. Follow me as I follow Christ. That means we actually got to do what he did. It said he pulled away often to the wilderness, to the garden, in the midnight hours to pray. David says, I, I hid your word in my heart so I won't sin against you. We got to memorize scripture. Some are like, I don't want to read. I don't want to memorize. I don't want to do that. Listen, imagine if you ran your race, what God could do in your life. If you push through the I don't want to's, if you push and got the things that hindered you off, the complacency off, the lackadaisical attitude off. If you got a little determination in you, if it was a worthwhile goal, if somebody said, I'll give you a million bucks, somebody's like, I'm going to go. But how much more? See, you can't buy your way into heaven. You can't buy salvation. How much more valuable is that walk than a million dollars? Some of you can't comprehend. It's like the, I see the gears turning, the smoke's coming out. You're like, oh, I can do a lot with a million. I can do it. I'm going to tell you this. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. All the gold and silver are his. Just walk by faith. Amen? So in Paul, in his, in his letter to the Corinthian church, in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, he talks about discipline. He says, I discipline my body like an athlete training to do what it should. See, sometimes you know what to do, but you can't. Because you're not in shape. For example, going back to what I know, if, if I haven't played basketball for a while, but when I was younger, I thought I was pretty good. But if I grabbed it today, I can't do what I used to do back then. Are you with me? I can pull up for a three-pointer, but the muscles aren't the same as they used to be. I can try to throw that 65-yard pass with the football, but if I haven't been throwing a while, I might blow out a, a joint or something, right? You got to discipline yourself. And as a good teacher or a good pastor, a good preacher, they're not only going to teach you, they're going to encourage you, but when you don't do it quite right, they're going to try to help you get back on track, right? So when I would coach the guys, like, Boxy, keep your hands up, and they'd drop it. Well, what happened? <laughs> Throw one right over the top. 
I tell them, keep them up. They go, oh, I am. No, you're not. Keep it up. Keep. Well, I'm not being demeaning to you. Hey, when I come up and say, hey, how's your devotion life? Yeah, my business, Pastor. I can tell by, there's a few things. Do you guys believe in discernment of spirit? There's that. You get in someone's presence. The Lord gives you word of knowledge, words of wisdom. You guys hear that? Manifestation gifts. That comes into play. And also, uh, I get a little sign, you know, sometimes I get prayer request forms. So when you see the results that something's going on in someone's life, it's not a judgment thing. What I'm saying is, where are you at in your walk? Why do I ask that? So I know how to guide and how to help you. If you're a baseball player and you're swinging the bat and you're like, I'm, I'm, I keep fouling out, I'm going to say, show me what you're doing and I'm going to watch and I'm going to help make some corrections. Right? Oh, well, your elbow's too high or it's too low. I keep popping out. Okay, well, bring it up. You're not, you're not stepping into it. Whatever the case is, whatever analogy you want to use, the coach has got to make some tweaks sometimes. And sometimes you don't want to hear that because you think you're doing it right, but your results are showing that there's some improvement that can be made. Can we agree on that? So, so in Proverbs, it says that a wise man accepts that correction. He's happy about it. Please tell me what I need to do better so that I can do it better. Because, you know, I haven't been everywhere other pastors have been, where my leaders have been. I haven't done what they did. See, I still ask my mother-in-law stuff because she was the first lady. She was the pastor's wife. She's got 30 years of full-time ministry. I haven't got to that place yet. She still has more to pour into me, more to offer. I'm like, how do I handle this situation? How do I help these people? How do I do that? Because she's been where I haven't, so I'm going to ask questions of that. But if you haven't been where I've been, why am I going to ask you? How do it doesn't make sense, right? Similar with at your job, I can't come in there and do your job. Whether you're a marketer, whether you're a singer or a musician or, or a, a, a manager at a restaurant, I can't do that. I don't know that job. I can't come in and do what you did. And if I got hired in, I'd have to ask you. I'd have to go into training. Make sense? So as we try to restructure, as we rebuild our foundation, as we try to reach the community, we're going to have to do some tweaking. We're going to have to do some adjusting. And this is what I know from the 21 years of experience I do have in ministry. When that time comes, people get uncomfortable, and sometimes people start bouncing because they don't want people telling them what to do. They don't want people in their life. My goal right now in teaching you this, and those who are watching at home, sorry you got to endure this, but I'm talking to my church family at the moment, the, the immediate church family who's in, in the building, we can't go to battle and have an aching in the camp. Do you guys know the story of Achan? Achan was a guy, Jesus said, I'm, uh, the Lord said, I'm giving you this land, you go to battle, I'm going to drive them out. But this one, the first one, first fruit, talking about tithe again, this one's mine. Don't take any of it. It goes to the temple. All of it is mine, the first one. I'll give you the other ones. But Achan stole some gold, stole some fine linen, and went and buried it. They went into the next battle. People died. It affected the whole team. So as your pastor, as your spiritual leader in this house today, I can't let Achan's run around in the camp because it's going to affect the whole body. Now when I go to address the Achan's, 
and they start mumbling. In your ear, don't give. Don't be a participant. Misery loves company. They're trying to pull you down. And when correction has to take place, don't be like, well, what's the pastor doing? Ah, he just got here. How's he going to try to sit me down? How's he going to try to do this? How's he going to try to... You want an Aiken leading you? Do you want... Mm, can, I, can I preach for a minute? Can I be a real pastor? All right, I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. If this word of God says... And I'm, ta- I'm just going to talk about public ministry. Can I do that? Because sometimes we got people who are still new beginners, new... And they're trying, to, they're trying to figure it out. We're helping them walk the walk. But if you've been around this for a little bit and you're in public ministry, let's say, for example, if Achan stole from God and it affected the whole crew, the whole army, what if I put someone in public ministry who is not a tither and God says in Malachi, you robbed me of my tithe? Do you think that's going to affect the whole crew? Do you want somebody trying to lead you to the holies of holies while stealing out of God's? You think that can happen? Do you think he even has access to the holy of holies or her have access to the holy of holies? If they're robbing God of tithe and offering, of service, of excellence? Do you think they even have? But see, here, please hear my heart. For the betterment of the whole team, the whole church, it is my job. See, a shepherd doesn't just lead him to green pastures. He fights off the wolves, the bears. When it gets a little dry, he takes them further away to the green and to the water. Sometimes we've got to walk further. What I'm trying to say is, can I be the preacher that the Bible tells me to be? And when I do, are you going to be okay with it? Because if not, we can just pretend and do, you know, I'll just come in. But I, no, I can't. I can't do that. If I can't, if people can't accept that, one of, either they got to go or I got to go. Do you want the guy who's trying to help you correct? your course so you can do better in your race and run with perseverance so you can fight the good fight or do you want the guy talking or the girl or the person or the group mumbling in corners and back rooms and on text message and, 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 and getting critical of leadership and getting critical of gospel, getting critical of correction. Which one do you want to stay? Are they ready to lead you? From that back corner conversation or that secret text? Do you want them up there preaching to you? Their hands in God's offering plate. Huh? It sounds silly, but that's, that's what we're talking about. That's the truth of God's word. Do you want accurate scripture? So here's the thing. That sort of movement is pain. When I was running that treadmill that first day, I I couldn't walk for a week. I took naps for every three days after that first run. But I've grown stronger over the time. Now, I'm still not where some of you young guys can be. Carl's sending me his cardio results. Like, I ran 27 miles in 27 minutes. And I'm like, shut up. But I try to be fake. I'm like a happy face. Good job. 
but I'm not 27 anymore. I could be his daddy. So we're, we're going to have a different pace. Oh, I'll tell you. You know, this is how, how your pride will mess with you. I was like, I got to get a better time. Because I know I gotta, I help, I'm holding myself accountable to him. So I upped the pace. You know, you can control the, how fast that belt goes. Oh. I was like, okay, I've been running at 5.8 pace. I'm up to 6.3. And I'm like, ah. But I knew I was going to do it because I didn't want to send him the same results I had sent him before. I'm going to call that pride or improvement. I don't know what you want to call it, but, you know, it happened. So here's the thing. That was painful. Practice makes now, that's a wonderful saying, but that's terrible. I'm going to explain why. Practice makes permanent. Because you, if you practice wrong or bad, that's not good. You got wrong doctrine, that's not good. Right? If, if I'm trying to teach someone to box and I tell them go like this, and they practice that every day, They will get really good at doing the wrong thing. So correction needs to come, right? Okay, this, that's good combination. Why don't you bring it up here where the guy is? Unless you're fighting a, you know, a little person. You practice makes permanent. Good practice or bad practice, it doesn't matter. Whatever practice you have is going to bring a permanence about it. You're going to get good at one thing or another. I hope that you look at the good and practice the good receive the, 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 the coaching of the good. I don't like necessarily the training that we got to do, but I like the results I get. I like that my pants are fitting a little better. I like that I can get to my office without taking a, a, a break. And that's not even a lot of steps. I like that I can, I can put the seatbelt on without cutting off circulation. Right? I like the results. I don't necessarily like the running, but I'm going to do the running because of the results. Amen? You may not like to pray in the middle of the night, but I tell you, when you get done praying, the joy you feel, the presence of God that comes in your life, the, the more powerful and effective prayer life that you will have, you will enjoy. See, you don't like to fast because you got whatever. You know, I got, you know, I got a deficiency. My tummy gets smaller. You know, Whatever your excuse is for not fasting, the results are going to be so much better because you build up your spirit, man. Teachers, trainers, and coaches, they're all there to help you. And sometimes we don't like what they tell us. However, can you do better? I can. Let us be faithful in serving the Lord. And here's why. Let me just, I'm going to share a couple verses with you. I'm bring this in for a landing. Romans 12, 1. Uh, it's, you're a living sacrifice. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. To live a righteous life is a worship act unto the Lord. See, the, the rest of that story is in 1 Corinthians 6, 19. You are not your own. Not only do you got to present your body as a living sacrifice, 
You're not your own to begin with. It doesn't matter what your agenda, your wants and skills or abilities. Here's what it is. I wanted to be a, a real estate tycoon. I got my real estate license. I bought a bunch of apartments. It seemed for a, a season that I was doing well. And the Lord, in his own way, showed me that that wasn't what I was supposed to do. 2008, real estate market crash. People weren't paying their rents. I mean, I'm paying the rents. My family was suffering as a result. And, and all the while, as, as my career things were going down, ministry opportunities were coming up. I was like, okay, Lord, I hear you. You didn't have to crash the whole market, but I'm all right. <laughs> do, do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Not just, well, I don't do any sin with my body. Okay. When it's time to go to Bible study on Wednesday night, yet yeah, you put on NFL. Huh? When, 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 you, when it's time to go to practice whatever it is, and you're like, ah, I, I got a tummy ache. I get it. I've been there. I've been there. When, when service starts at... I ain't trying to get out because I, I struggle with it a little bit too, you know. Running on Spanish time. Right? When we first started, Sister Jane was all your beautiful faces. And it was like two people. And all the rest were serving somewhere. Is that your best? I ain't hating on you because I, I, I got some improvement myself. But we got to honor God. We got to serve him. And we got to continue to run. Sometimes we want to take a break, and that's okay to get a breather. But, you know, what we teach them in boxing is uh, you, you take your break while you're working. You ch like when I'm running on the treadmill, I, I might slow the pace down so I can catch my breath, but I'm still running. You don't just quit. You can't quit Jesus. You might slow down a little bit, get some healing, go to the brook, let the ravens feed you story of Elijah, but you got to get back in the race. I, I propose that you just slow down, get your breath, but keep running. Keep making progress. Keep going because there's no, if you're not growing, you're dying. There's no standing still. That's an illusion of the enemy. It's kind of like walking up an escalator as it's coming down. You can do it. It's some work, but as soon as you stop, you're like, you go back down. That's life. So here's what you got to do to hit the mark. Focus. Keep your eyes on God. Have determination. Discipline yourself. That's work. But you can do it. Discipline yourself. Have an attitude of excellence. Want to do the best you possibly can do. Not just get it done. Right? How many of you told your kids, clean the room, and they said they cleaned it? And then you went and looked, and you're like, this is not clean. Mama should be shouting me down right now. Anything. Hey, vacuum the vacuum. The, Vacuum the floor. They went, you heard it turn on. You see lines, some sort of pattern, look like they're writing their name. But you're like, did you move anything? My mom said, did you move anything? I was like, no, why would I, why would I move anything? Because there's stuff in it that needs to be cleaned. She wanted me to move furniture to clean. What was that? Your best. Not just get it done, but your best. An attitude of excellence. Train and develop. There are things that you can improve on. 
You can improve on your understanding of the word if we can get together and talk about it. We are having wonderful discussions and conversations on Wednesday nights. If you want to learn more, we can get into nitty-gritty details. Also, the young adults are meeting on Monday nights, and we're talking. Talk to someone. We had a great discussion. Matter of fact, we had such a great discussion. It was 45 minutes after class ended. We're still talking about things because they got deep. They got deep real quick. And that's not stuff that you're going to hear from the pulpit necessarily. It's really hard to do from the pulpit. Train and develop. And keep your eyes on Christ, guys. Just keep your eyes on Christ.